0: Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. What's the first brand you remember making an impact on you as a young guy? Young oh, kid? God.
1: Yeah. You know, so I grew up on the East Coast. And and I, I've always been a snacker, always, always, always been a snacker. And for my sixth birthday, my buddy Joe gave me a bag of Wise Potato Chips.
0: Yeah, I know it's them well. Still,
1: it's still the best gift I've ever received from anybody. And I will go to my grave going, that was, the be- that was the best birthday gift I'd ever got. And so that was really my first you know, experience of like, when does a brand hit me? It wasn't just the potato chips, but it was this greasy clear bag with the blue and the eye and the whole like I just remember every every bit of that and that was that was my sort of first real experience.
0: Did you share that with Joe and have a cold Coca Cola? Uh,
1: I didn't have a cold Coca Cola and Joe and I still speak but yeah it's uh yeah that was that was probably my first sort of big memorable moment.
0: Hi I'm Jim Stengel and I help major brands find their purpose and activate it and the profits follow. For seven years, I was the global marketing officer for Procter & Gamble, where I oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands. You may not know it, but the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. My guest today on the CMO podcast is Russell Barnett the managing director and chief marketing officer of My Mochi ice cream. You know, that delicious little ball of ice cream and with mochi dough. It comes in 20 plus flavors and I like them all. My Mochi is a five-year-old privately owned Los Angeles-based brand with retail sales north of 300 million and available in about 30,000 stores in North America. The brand is gaining notoriety. In 2021, Nielsen IQ's basis group named MyMochi a winner in its top Breakthrough Innovation Awards. My guest Russell is perhaps the world's expert in scaling small food and beverage brands to create large categories. He was the head of marketing for Mike's Hard Lemonade way back in 1997, then Pop Chips, Gardein Protein, Cavita, and now MyMochi. Russell is a strong believer that fun is a critical driver of brand and business results. This is my ever-so-fun conversation with Russell Barnett. Russell, welcome to the CMO Podcast. I have heard that your personal mission is to have more fun this year. Maybe that's your mission every year. So we're early in 2022. How are you doing on that personal mission?
1: Well, my personal mission is to have more fun. Uh, and, and actually, I, I am having a lot. Uh, you know, my wife, after many, many years, has told me I need to pick up a hobby
0: I get that advice too.
1: God, I finally took her up after ten years on it, and and I I, I house it under "careful what you wish for," uh, and uh, I, I warned her that I was going to go out and pick up a guitar and played many, many, many years ago and was terrible then, and I'm terrible now. Uh, and and she thought I I just roll in with some nice little uh, acoustic, and of course she comes in the house and she says, "So did you go and pick up everything?" And she walks into this beautiful office that she says is her Zen center and whatever, and there is the mics and the stands and the electric guitar and the amplifiers and all that stuff. And I'm driving this poor woman crazy till all hours of the evening. But yes, I'm having fun.
0: <laughs> Careful what you ask for, right? <laughs> exactly. So what's your mode of music? What's your style?
1: You know, I play a little bit of everything. Um, candidly, is the easier, the better. Uh, mm. But, you know, I've been sort of playing in a, in a, in a mid-90s section right now. It, seems oh, to yeah. be, uh, yeah, it just seems to be easy to take on. It doesn't drive the house crazy.
0: Yeah. My wife's told me for decades I should have a hobby and she and some friends finally got me a harmonica.
1: Hey, right on.
0: <laughs> so maybe we can get together after the podcast. I,
1: I love it. That sounds great.
0: Hey, listen, I want to stay with this fun theme for yeah. a little bit. As I count it, this is about your sixth CMO role. Yeah, and something you, like that. Something like that. And you have said that you've never had so much fun as you are having now and you will never again. Have as much fun as you are having now. That's a really strong statement, Russell. So why do you say that?
1: You know, look, uh, you spend your career, uh, you know, learning. And and I think the thing is that you don't realize how much you're learning during your career. You're sort of in this zone of I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. And you're not realizing sort of until you sort of finish a, a gig or a role or have a little bit of a moment of retrospect and you say, wow, I really got more out of that than I ever thought I did. And in some cases, years later, and I, and I'd say, you know, for me, this, what, what I'm doing now is, is really a, a build upon everything I've ever learned in my career. And, um, and, and on top of it, we, we make mochi ice cream. It's, it's dough and it's dough and ice cream. We love it. And they say we play with our mochi balls all day. So I don't know how much more fun I could have with that, you know?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you've, how do you feel about fun as a business results driver? Do you, have you, you know, found in your career that it's correlated, it's causal? So talk about fun and business results.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I, 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 yeah, I absolutely think fun is, is part of a business result and and fun stems in a couple of different ways. You know, for me um, fun is, 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 is getting up and, and being excited about what you're doing every day. And so for me, Bringing that fun to the office space is really important, but I also think, from a consumer perspective, fun is a moment of of escape. It's joy. It's it's to not think about. It. It's pure heart, and 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 it's not thinking. and And that's such a cool place to be. And when you and when you have that moment of release, and it's just a it's just a, a hair of a moment. That's such an important piece for you as a human. And so for me, I, I try to I try to find that moment in, in every day and, and and try to bring that to our consumers uh, from a business perspective and, and even our employees every single day. Our, you know, our company culture is have more fun than anybody else.
0: When, on days when you're not having as much fun as you would like to, are there any themes and those kinds of days, Russell?
1: You know, um, I, I'm, I'm fear driven. Um, and so so for me, um, you know, when I'm not when I'm not feeling good about what I'm doing or I'm not getting what I want or I'm frustrated or, or whatever it may be you know I, I, I that's a personal motivator to me and and I take that as as, as you know uh, I, I gotta fix this and, and I don't know how I'm gonna fix it but God damn it I'm gonna fix it and it may be it may be driving in the car for for 10 minutes and muttering to myself, uh, about how I'm gonna fix it you know shower time's real good for that for me about 6 30 in the morning my family's like who's he talking to um you know just working it out uh, but but uh, you know that that's that's important for me it's just close a door find your way and 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 really try to dig into what's bugging you and why you're not getting what you need and sometimes it's just talking to your peers and saying you know candidly you know god I'm really bored today why am I so goddamn bored today Oh, here's why. All right, let's move through that.
0: Yeah. I'm in the last season of Succession, so when you talk about fear being a motivator, <laughs> like, you know, that that show is a lot about fear being a motivator. Tell yeah. tell me a bit more about that. Fear is a motivator motivator for you? Is that a good thing? A bad thing? It's
1: it's a thing. Um, it's you know, thing, uh, it's yeah. a good therapy session here. Uh yeah, you know, um I grew up uh I grew up on the East Coast and my 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 father um is was in the advertising business and, uh, pretty successful. And, uh, he's a creative director and, and he went to, he went to art school and his hands work. You know, I, I, my hands are clubs. I, I can't draw a thing. And I grew up in that, in that space of, of, uh, you know, really, you know, driven human individual. Um, and, and he's, Made a statement even when I was about ten or twelve years old, and he says, "If you're in- not innovating, you're wasting your time." Hmm. And I'm like, "Oh God!" I heavy, mean, and, heavy, yeah. Like, and, and it was probably some flippant comment, and I bug him about it to this day. He's, you know, my best friend, uh, but boy, oh boy, is that sat with me. And so, you know, it, 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 if you're not innovating, you're wasting your time. Really, really drives. <laughs> What, what you think your value ought to be.
0: <laughs> My dad used to walk through our house if it was one of those days where things were, I don't know, people were just hanging out. Yeah. His famous line was, what's this, a nothing day? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, get up, get on, do something, you know, right. make something, make something right, happen. Right, right. So your dad was this creative director yep. and you began your career on the agency side for a few years. Yeah. When you made that choice and you started on the agency side, what was, his, what was his advice to you back then?
1: Well, like I got to say, I'm that kid who started in the mailroom. So I was 17 years old and I got my first agency gig and I was, you know, sending faxes, you know, at the time, facsimiles uh, and the like, you know, and I, and I think the advice was really think about how to connect with people and think about what you're really trying to do. And, and I always remember that um, he, he would say, there's always, you could always take things further and don't look for the easy answer, but look for the thoughtful answer. And and I really thought that that was was great advice. And 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 I've I've sort of taken that idea of thoughtful answer uh, a little further. And I really try to think about what's the human answer, um, and where does that come from, and what's what's the, what's the what's the there there that 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 gets people excited, not just sort of the, the the first blush,
0: if you will. Do you remember back then, Russell, what clients he enjoyed working with?
1: Well, you know, he started FCB Healthcare, oh, so yeah. it was all the. You know, it was it was all that at the time. Naproxen, which is now Advil, mm-hmm. uh, or leave—I can never remember which one it is—and and you know, uh, and the like. And so, it was nothing sexy. It was not consumer. He he would tell you he was in the pharmaceutical business, and I would tell you I'm about as commercial as it gets. So uh, we we come in from very opposite ends of of, of the spectrum in, in 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 our in our sort of uh, perspective.
0: So you left the agency world after a few years and went yep. on the client side. Yeah. And you had a remarkable—you have had a remarkable run of creating categories: Mike's Hard mm-hmm. Lemonade, Pop mm-hmm. Chips, Kavita, to name a few, and now my mochi. Mm-hmm. So your 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 reputation is kind of the category creator. W- was that intentional on in your part? My guess is no. But how did that all happen? It's it's not pure serendipity.
1: Look, I would tell you um, better, lucky than good. I'll, I'll just sort of state that as, as 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 a true. It's not a bullshit line. It's a true belief. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm very fortunate, and I got really really lucky uh, to to get my first position at Mike's because of my agency connections when I was 17. And so what I would tell people is, your reputation and the work you do, it follows you. It, it doesn't ever disappear. You can't really ever hide it. You may be able to push it aside from what you believe it is, but but it doesn't go away. And so I got very, very lucky um, to to get a phone call from uh, um, a woman uh, named Susan Rockrise, uh, who was creative director at Intel uh, at the time. And she had known a gentleman, Anthony Von Mandel, uh, from Mark Anthony Group, and, and had said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Anthony's looking for someone to bring this uh, beverage to the US. And I had, you know, I had no beverage experience, and I had certainly hadn't. I was it? I was an ad guy. I mean, I just, you know, I, I made I made pictures, um, and and so uh, you know, Anthony and I met, and, and we sort of took a took a belief that we either, we were either going to fail miserably or make history. So you know, again, if you think about where where things go, there was no there was no middle ground on that. It was it was going to be one or the other, and and fortunately enough, we did both. We uh, we 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 went to launch the product uh, after we reformulated it. The first when it when it was ready to go uh, in Canada, it was a vodka based. In the U.S., it was malt-based and we shipped the product after a year of work and uh we recalled the product the first that that same day because it fell out of solution so we failed miserably and uh he said can you stick with me for another year let's get this right and uh we launched it a year later and and blew the brand up you know in 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 five short years so yeah really really exciting
0: so how old were you when you went over to mike's
1: oh man i'm young uh, young yeah i was i was 30 yeah yeah, I was 30. Um, and and I think that's the time people started to take you seriously. Not so much anymore. I think, you know, 24 and 25, people really yeah. kind of look for your inspiration. But I, I think, you know, when we were, when I was coming up, it was uh, certainly a little later than that.
0: What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. Well, let's stay with this theme of creating categories. Yeah. It's so helpful, I think, for our listeners. And let's do a little game here, Russell. I, I'm going I'm to persuade you in here to write a book about what <laughs> you've learned about creating categories. Yeah. So I'd like you to talk a bit about if you were to write this book and I were to help you publish it. Yep. You know, what would be in it? What would some of the chapters be? Chapter titles? What would you call the book? What would you title it?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh Yeah. Um...
0: Have you done a book on this? No, I haven't done a book. Okay, well, I, maybe you, know, I, you should. I, yeah,
1: maybe I should. Maybe, well, I need a ghostwriter. I have my, my my ADD will clearly stop me from getting it all the <laughs> way done. Um, you know, um, I would tell you I, I, there's a couple of key themes for me um, that that really stick out. Um, the first is bravery and and being a little counterintuitive in 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 that bravery. Um, and by that I mean that you know you've got to take chances, and chances aren't aren't thought lists they come from a place of your experience drives insight and sometimes your insight in many cases as you're creating categories insight can't come from research because it hasn't been done so when you try to proof point something that hasn't been done it's incredibly difficult and as a matter of fact i I would dare say almost impossible you can get inklings of i can i can take a, a block of this and that's work and and, and, and a little bit of this is working. And so I can conjure this thing up and say, look, I've got enough data points in the idea that suggests we're going to have a, a good chance of, of, of some level of success. Um, the second piece I would say is uh, I, I, I'm not a believer in, in, in narrow audiences. I really, really have a tough time narrowing things and making things a little slicing and dicing. What I really try to do is I always I enjoy bringing things to the masses. And so when I think about the masses, it means how do I include people, not how do I exclude people? And that's something really personal to me. Um, and so I take a lot of my own personal you know belief system into into the work that I do. And and, and inclusion really becomes important for me. And then you can then you can uh, then you can slice and dice messaging that may be more appropriate, but it doesn't. It doesn't exclude people from the place you're in. And that's really, really important for me. And those are sort of two really key themes for me.
0: So when you start that thought process, you're thinking, okay, I want everyone to feel included in this brand. Right. And they may be r- responsive to different kinds of messages and media. Correct. But you but go with the mindset saying, there's no reason everyone wherever we're selling this, should not be interested in this?
1: Look, for example, you know, we have this crazy little mochi ice cream company, My Mochi Ice Cream. And, and you know um, many people would believe that mochi ice cream is, is, is Japanese and you know, mm-hmm. whatever else. And, and, and funnily enough, um, mochi ice cream is uh, obviously dough and ice cream, but it's uh, Asian inspiration with American engineering. And so Mochi Ashkin was invented in Los Angeles. It's widely credited as being invented in Los Angeles in 1993 by Frances Hashimoto and, uh, and her husband, Joel Friedman. And we bought that business. And the, re- and the investment thesis when we bought that business was bring Mochi to the masses. And people said, Mochi to the masses, never heard of it. And we said, exactly. And what we had realized was the business had had a 25-year proof of concept. It was selling in all of these narrow little channels, and every year it just kept growing and growing and growing. And we said, oh my gosh, there's such an opportunity to do this in a way that people understand. And what we under what we knew was that people could understand and take on one step change and one step change only. So when we thought about what we were going to do here, it was. The step change was chewing your ice cream. It was this dough and ice cream, which is this weirdly wonderful, wacky thing to put together. And I'm a big believer in conflict in brand, you know. And 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 conflict is where emotion resides. And when I first looked at this, I was like, "But where's the conflict? It's dough, and it's ice cream. Well, that's just effing amazing. But wait a minute, there's 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 the next step. Dough and ice cream is chewing your ice cream. All right, that's different. But there's got to be Further, well, that's just weird. So the hallmark for the business was keep the weird, and then sort of think about okay, well, if chewing your ice cream is weird, and consumers can have one step change, now I got to think about flavor profiles. Well, I, I I can't start with flavor profiles that that people don't grow up with. I didn't grow up with yuzu and black sesame and red bean, but I did grow up with vanilla chocolate and strawberry. And if I got to get exotic, I can get to mango. So that became sort of our high water mark. And then just act like a snack and run like hell. And that that's, that's the simplicity of the business.
0: Talk about that concept of one-step change. I think it's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. You know, it. what I'd say is two things are too confusing. <laughs> you know, if, if I need to get you to chew your ice cream and I got to get you to a flavor you've never had, well, it's tough to do two hurdles. It's okay to do a single jump, but you ever try to run 110 meters and hurdle and hurdle and hurdle and mm-hmm. sprint and hurdle? It's an impossible thing to do. And you really got to practice at that. And 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 it's it's a barrier. And so the barrier should only be really one thing that is a little different. And everything else should feel super comfortable. And I get this. And then it becomes an easy. You know, for us at, at Mike's, it was it was hard lemonade. It was alcohol and lemonade. I know what alcohol is. I know what lemonade is. Gotta be great together. Uh pop chips, it was, it was, I know what I know what potato chips are, and they're awesome. But I don't know, and I and I think I know what popped is because that's air, and it's got to be a little better for me. I get what a pop chip is, and with garden it was like, yeah, I know what meat is, and and I know what plant based means. So let's let's put it center to plate. So it was only having that one jumping point or one difference that makes that made
0: it easy. On which of these experiences you worked on so many interesting brands, scaling them, yeah. bringing bringing them to the masses, which one has which one was most interesting for you in terms of your learning and and development.
1: Oh boy Uh well there's actually two. Um so pop was pop was was a great one. And and pop was one where you really sort of brought uh pop culture and and relevance into into a space. And I thought that was really cool and at the same time it was an incredibly debilitating experience in in that uh there was this need for obscene um, perfection, and 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 so you you were never quite it, the business couldn't 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 pace quick enough because there was always this need for per- perfection.
0: Where'd that come from? This need for- uh, you know
1: the ownership of the group was really kind of had that in their DNA, and 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 I love those people for it. It's just not my DNA, you know. So you know that was a challenge, but it was a challenge that that I learned a lot from. And I really thought that that was the way that you you could do business. And then I went over to Gardine and I and I and I met uh, a gentleman named Eve Potvin. And uh, Eve sort of undid all of that all of that work, or or realigned that work, I, I'd say. And what Eve's point of view was: Eve's a classically trained French chef, and and we 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 sit and eat a lot of food, and he's a big he's a big wine guy, and we drink a lot of wine and and. And, and I, and I, and I, and I was talking to him one evening and I said, look, you're, you're a chef, you know, and, and how do you, how do you do this at scale? Because scale is always important for me. He goes, let me talk to you about scale. If I need to sit and cook a meal for a person or two, I'm going to make a 10. I'm going to make a 10. It's easy. No big deal. The moment I've got to make it for a lot of people at best, I'm going to get, I'm going to get an eight, but hopefully the experience and my reputation and the the time you've had with me will drive that eight to a 10 because you want it so much. And so he was always achieving eights and letting the experience drive the extra two points. And I was like, oh, shit. Like that was a moment of like, oh, so liberating and so freeing that you had to really push hard to get excellence. But don't let the excellence debilitate you and keep the business from moving forward. And I thought that was really, really a such a such an insightful piece of information and so when we do our work now you know when i do the work now w- with people we're always going to try to do the best we can but we can't we can't let it debilitate the communication with people and 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 the experience and we we've, we've lovingly sort of taken a tact here that you know I, i'm i'm more of am more of a tapestry weaver right now which is you know it, 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 when you weave a tapestry you know it's this enormous piece and you get up close, you look how many pieces are just, every sti- every how many stitches are just terribly done. They're terribly done. They're off the colors, bleeds from here to there. But when you step back and you look at the enormity of the work, and it's that feeling in your heart of like, oh, what am I looking at? The stitch doesn't matter anymore. And so that's really been a driving force for how, to, how how I think about the business as well.
0: Which of those experiences in your career stretched you the most? Is it the pop chips?
1: No, it's my mochi right now. It is it okay.
0: Why, why is that?
1: By far, um, it's it's the most fulfilling business. Um, you know we we have this we have you know our our, our brand sits between this idea of, of play as our purpose, keep the weird and, 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 and have more fun than anybody else. And so play fun and weird. Wow. It sounds really, really easy to execute against is incredibly difficult. And so that keeping really focused and keeping really, really clear on, on what this vision is, is incredibly tough, especially as the business scales, you know, w- the business is five, six X, what it was, when we bought the business a couple of years ago, you know, we're 80% of the Mochi ice cream category we're the number 10 or number 11 frozen novelty brands sold in the US, like right behind Magnum and no one's heard of us, you know, and, and so, you know, the business is scaled in such a place and keeping to that, keeping to that space that, that, that is really pure my Mochi um, as you expand out is, is really challenging. In a, in a, in an exceptional
0: way. How do you achieve the this incredible growth and no one's heard of you?
1: <laughs> you know what I'd say is, you know, mochi ice cream is is still fairly low on the awareness scale. Um, we tend to be, you know, we're a snack that happens to be frozen. That was a big part of our positioning, you know, because of chewing your ice cream, and and you know, we've been very fortunate to get exceptional distribution. Through everything from a Target and and a, a Wegman's and a Albertsons, you you name it, we're we're sold there. And and I think there's been a great amount of discovery at retail, and I think people like to tell their friends about it. And I think those are the really the two best ways that people are finding out about the brand. And then of course we 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 do a lot of a lot of work in in the digital domain. We did do a lot of experiential work, uh, but but we really haven't. You know, gone into the large-scale advertising moments yet. We've dabbled in it. We've had great results, but but as of yet, I, I think there's there's something really genuine about how people discover the brand, and particularly the use of things like TikTok uh, recently have, has been has been just great for us. And we've been trying to figure out ways, and have figured out ways to to tie that to commerce. Um, as you know, we're 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 sold in retail stores. We're not sold in, in, in a D T in D T C capacity. So everything that we do has to drive to one of our retail partners, uh, and and that's that's an interesting time and in, in an old school way of thinking today as well.
0: Let's go back to that play weirdness and the culture to have more fun than anyone else. I love that. It's so simple, and I think the great brands are simple. T- tell me how you arrived at that. What's the origin of that? trilogy or yeah. that tripart strategy or whatever you call it
1: well you know obviously we talked a lot about the keep the weird part so that was easy that was a product part um the 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 the, the consumer promise of of you know again we we're, we're dough and ice cream and we play with emoji balls all day so play as a purpose became really really easy the hard one was have more fun than anybody else believe it or not um and you would think that would be the easiest but what where the genesis of that came from is we we're a, a vertically integrated facility here. We have 110,000 square feet. We make the mochi dough. We make the ice cream. We make the mochi ice cream. Uh, it's all done in house um, uh, just here in Los Angeles. And uh, when we took the business on, I, I went into the back and there's, you know, it's 100,000 square feet back there. And we have all of the, you know, the people and we've got all the equipment and, and the like. And I sat there and watched this beehive of humming of people in one room cooking dough and 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 steam rising and going into another room and there's and and you know that and it's tempering and it's a hundred degrees and a hundred percent humidity and that's a lot of that is coming from the offing of the of the heat from the from the kiji the dough and then you go into another room and it's 20 degrees and, and 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 you're making ice cream and it's doing all of its thing. And then I'm going into another room and I'm taking the dough that I made in in one room and I took the ice cream and I'm Then I'm mashing it up and I'm transforming into something else. And I'm like, oh, it's Willy Wonka.
0: (laughs) It sounds like it. It's Willy
1: Wonka. And so, and I was like, these guys are having more fun than anybody else. And so the job became, how do I take what was being hidden in the back? Hidden in the back is just what anybody else would see it as just a manufacturing facility. And I'm going, no way. This is art and science. This is crafted in such a great way at scale. And so really it was take that idea and bring that forward to the front of the house and, 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 and use that as an ideal for the business. And that's how we got to that, that, that have more fun than anybody else. And the way it kind of operates now is, believe it or not, my team goes and works the line every month and they don't want us back there because it's like the old I love Lucy. You know, it's a disaster happening. You know, people trying to do whatever they're doing and, and these people kicking us off saying, you're just slowing us down. But what it does is bring such intimacy to to the brand and to what you're making, and, and it, it's second to none.
0: How do you keep, as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, how do you keep those th- three things front and center? How do you ensure everyone understands that? They're kind of activating it in their work. They value it as much as you do.
1: Well, luckily, uh, I'm in charge of decorating the place. So <laughs> that helps. Um, when we launched the brand, um, you know, in 2017, we were actually MyMo Mochi ice cream.
0: Different name. And
1: uh, adjustment in name. And yeah. so, um, and what we found that we thought that was really simple. And what we found was that was a mouthful. And so we amended the brand to MyMochi. And part of that amendment to the brand to MyMochi was uh, 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 adjustment in packaging, huge uh, thematic in color, you know, with, with, with flavor variants and the like. And so literally... Overnight, these folks went, went on, on their holiday break last December, a year ago, December 20, excuse me, in 21, 21. Um, when they came back on January 3rd, the building had been renamed. We had gone up and done the signage over it. The whole place had been painted per pinkle. Everything had changed. All the All the videos and imagery that they thought they were getting used to on all the screens that we have all over this place were completely adjusted and amended and they walked into a new company and with a new theme, we do, we do uh, quarterly, um, uh, music, uh, tracks and, 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 uh, mixes and they walked into a new mix and every, and every quarter we do that the same way. And, and part of that is, you know, just keeping that fun attitude in the place. You know, the other part of it is we're, we're an essential business. So we're here. Um, so. Part of our team's job is making sure that people know we're here, and that's a big thing.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, as you said, this has been around for 25 years before you start to scale it. What was the lever to scale it? What was the so-called tipping point? How did it go from a niche idea with some strange flavors to yeah. a, a mainstream idea?
1: Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, you know, it was really uh, a, a look at what what was selling, looking at the flavors looking at the naming conventions, looking at the iconography, um, you know, you you can't put out chew your ice cream or mochi ice cream and then give it a name. People can't pronounce. I mean, that's the second, that's the hard part again, more than one step change, you know, and, and you can't have a name that intimidates people. And so it was the idea of really keeping it simple and then leaning into the experiences. So, so that's kind of what, what we really did. And then we got, we got really, really fortunate, you know, Costco took us on early. Albertson Safeway took us on early. Uh, a group down in, in, in Florida said, look, we're going to play with these crazy mochi bars and, and let's try to innovate against that. And, and, the, vi- the, and the business was always you know, focused on the masses. It, and so we, we were counterintuitive. We said, look, we're not going to go after the specialty and natural channel because we've done that. We've had that 25-year proof of history. A proof of concept. And so we're only going to go after large scale and then we'll back them. And that's what that's been really working. And, and so what that's allowed us to do is, you know, we're now at about a 60 odd ACV in, 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 in conventional grocer and our MULO data. And it's allowed us now to move into convenience uh, with, with the like of, of 7-Elevens. You know, we've now, we're now expanded out into drug with both Walgreens and CVS nationally. Which is massive, and really now moving heavily into the food service channel, which we we hadn't been able to do up until this point, and and so that's that's been a bi- that's a real big focus for us now. So uh, you know, in five short years.
0: So tell us what you do as managing director and CMO at Mimochi.
1: Yeah, you know my my uh, my my world really uh, uh, sits. Craig Berger is our CEO, uh, and, and Craig and I have been doing this business for a while, and we kind of meet in the middle. On, on on sales opportunities and duties. We have a chief sales officer, obviously, but one of the things that's really important is this customer intimacy model that we have. And so Craig and I, since the beginning of this thing, have always taken on all of the major accounts and have been present and accounted for for every single meeting. And and, and, and the large accounts are, are traditionally house accounts. So we kind of share uh, in that duty. I then go do uh, often do marketing and innovation and then Craig w- moves over into finance and 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 to uh, uh, operations, and so that's how we really kind of have have historically split the business. And then uh, that that's the world. It's very simple.
0: What kinds of things do you talk about with Craig most often?
1: God, you know, <laughs> what do we talk about? Uh, how to not screw it up. We really do spend a lot of time talking about how do we not mess this up, and and what it means is we spend a lot of time about, let's not get cute. Let's keep this really simple, really focused, stay in your lane and understand what you do. From an innovation perspective, we could go off into airy-fairy crazy lane. But what it means is that it may distract from the business, which is our core business of My Mochi Ice Cream. And we're really, really trying not to get distracted. The other piece that's really important for us is we are huge believers in. As as you know, with with COVID, there's been tremendous supply chain issues, and and major majors have really had a hard time keeping up. And and with with being our uh, self manufacturer, uh, you know, we 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 control our own destiny. And for us, it's making sure that the business can handle the future business. So we've invested heavily in you know years in advance. of when the right time is to expand. So we've now, you know, we're, we've we got 3X the capacity that we had when we first uh, bought this business. We did our second line expansion two years before we needed it. We're now on to another expansion a couple of years before we need it because we know the business is coming. And so that's a lot of the conversation we're having as well, which is uh, keep it simple and how do you keep up and don't let people down. So when a supplier or a major retailer calls us and says, so-and-so can't fill my shelf. We got you. When do you need it? And so that's, that's the kinds of stuff that we're really, we're really focused on.
0: How has your team changed since you joined Mymochi six years ago?
1: Uh, my personal team has really candidly not scaled very much. We've, we've really kind of took the attitude of, of when, when you get into earlier stage companies, there's sort of two schools of thought. One is, you know, hire a, a ton of people and then you know, you sort of figure it out and and make it all in house, and then you, it, it, it tends to lead to a lot of disappointment for a lot of people. And and that that doesn't that didn't feel right for us. And 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 uh, Craig Craig came out of McCormick's twenty five years of McCormick, and that's a very people centric business. Mm-hmm. And so what what we decided to do was keep our teams very light and support our business with with exceptional external partners, so that we can keep that focus on uh, on the team. So the team really hasn't changed from on my side of the house, the operation side of the house, we probably up three X and the complexity of that business, just given how to scale that has always been, it will continue to be the, the place where we're, where, we're, where we're gonna focus.
0: Russell, what do you think are the most important capabilities you need to build as a company and as a marketing group, as you get bigger and bigger and bigger? Trust. Say more.
1: Trust, trust, and trust. People have to trust you as a leader. People have to trust you as a business people have to trust you as a person and and that's that to me is you know why brands can be successful that people really make the difference and do what you say it's simple stuff you know under promise over deliver and and just deliver consistently and and you may not deliver the best or always the way you'd like to but you've tried and if people see that that effort is there and you really give a shit, it, it goes a long way. And and it comes back to a real human nature of things. It's it's not it, it's not the use of what technology you've got or what's the latest marketing tactic or the buzzword. It comes down to the people. And 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 that's all I can say.
0: Do you spend a lot of time looking outside at brands, teams, leaders that you admire or not so much?
1: Not so much. There's a couple of folks that are due out there. You know, my my problem, my challenge with that is I don't know what other people's objectives are. So then I come to like and dislike and what I like and what I don't like may not mean anything because it's I'm not I'm not who people are talking to, you know. I think there's some folks who are doing some really great stuff in bravery. I love what I love what EOS is doing with the uh, with, with their whole cooch campaign. I mean, I think that's a great place to be and brave and fun. And, and and so you're doing such a nice job of that. I think that's that's a fun place to be. That's a you know, that's an insight and and, I, and, and a human way of people talk to one another. I think it's great, fantastic, but generally don't look at a lot of stuff.
0: Your brand has resonance with Gen Z consumers and a lot of brands and CMOs are trying to figure that out. So what have you learned about building a brand with Gen Z? (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, I I think transparency is really important for them. Uh, I I think that, you know, you, I can, it comes back to uh, show them your playfulness. um, Speak their language. If, if, if you screw up, cop to your errors. I think that's that's probably the one of the most important pieces is if you screw up, call yourself out on your mistakes. We had a we had a social person here who, God man, there were more typos and crud all over the place. And we, you know, early on in the business, we'd say, "I'll pull it down before anybody saw it." And finally, it was a Saturday morning, and and I got a note from somebody internally, and they said, "You know, it's, it's only X amount of views, we should pull it down." I'm like, "No way!" Someone take a screenshot of it. And call them out on it. So we took a screenshot and we called out our own mistakes on it, and it was a humbling experience for the person on the, on the on the deck. Like we're paying attention, but it was such a the the commentary we got from our from our fans and fanatics of, of of it was so like oh thank you guys you guys you guys got yourselves and that that's really I think important stuff.
0: Russell, let's move to the creative brief. And my first question is: You're a self described foodie. What was the catalyst for that?
1: I think. Experience around food is so exciting, and I think that you you you, your guard goes down when you have a great meal and you have people around. It's so base. Food is such a need, and there's such an art to it. And and the art isn't just in presentation, but for me, it's it's how do you take what would seem to be disparate ingredients and strange textures that that shouldn't or in your mind might not work together. And 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 seeing what comes from that, I, it's just it's just amazing. And, and and it's it's sensory. I mean, it's not just the aesthetic; it's the taste, it's the smell, it's the it's just it's everything about it. And uh and and that that gets me excited. I, I'm I'm a taster. I'm not an eater. Um, I, I'd rather have three bites mm. of thirteen things yep. than you know. If you put a meal in front of me, I'll eat half of it because I'll be bored by about the eighth bite.
0: So you cook as well as appreciate. I don't right? cook.
1: I'm an exceptional sous chef. My wife went to court on blue oh,
0: wow. okay. um,
1: and studied there. And, and so she is, she, she's the cook in the family. And, and, and I've just learned to chop onions and do whatever I do. Um, and, and I'll, every so often I'll get a, well, would you cook? And then I'll start. And I, and I, and I'm watching her watch yeah, me. Yeah. I, know yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so I just, I just gave up the ghost on that. And, and I'm, know, and I'm, I'm relegated to uh brown butter and sage sauce. <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. Hey, what food trend do you think over the next five years or so will be the most consequential?
1: Um, I'm a big believer in in, in plant-based. You know, I think that that trend's going to continue on and and iterate in a lot of different ways. And I think, and I I think, what's going to happen is it's going to start to taste a hell of a lot better. And it's already in such a great place, um, but it's going to get better and better. And the other piece is you've got you've got consumers who grew up this way, so they're growing up with options. And the way that people are thinking about plant-based food is now as an option, not as an alternative. Mm-hmm. And that functionally changes the way that people go to market and 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 what they're going to bring. The consumer isn't there yet, but boy, are they coming! And and you got to be prepared for that. And I think it's fantastic, candidly, because you know, I, I think that I think that I think a lot of it's going to continue to be driven by by a lot of environmental issues. What about beverage
0: trends? Uh,
1: you know, I, I'm I'm really not that good in the beverage space. Um, I'd love to say functional is going to continue on, but but I'm not so sure. I think you're going to find what was classic and what's the step change. So you know, you look at you look at uh, what's happening in kombucha. Well, people know what going on with kombucha, is, but certainly no everybody knows what a live soda is. So I think your language is going to change to get back to what people knew and give them that twist on it. That'll give them some functional aspect of you know, of what they're doing. It's the one step? One step.
0: Yeah, that's the principle again. So you've said your most, the most important skill is bravery and trust is going to be critical. How do you teach bravery to others? Or can you?
1: You can actually. Um, you've got to give people permission to fail. It's okay. I, 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 I couldn't care. If someone on my team comes to me with some silly idea that isn't in, on brand, but they have a thoughtful way in which they got there it's a hero moment they won they won it may not manifest itself exactly in what they presented but there's probably an iteration in there that we can try that's the win give me thoughtful thinking and let's 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 adjust the idea to be more more i don't even want to say the word right but a little more you know, collected than mm-hmm. not, but, but give people permission to fail. It's really important as long as they've got the thinking behind it, because they they're trying people. You got to You, you got to believe that people are trying and they want to do great yeah. work and they're just not calling it in. If you come to a company like ours, you can't call it in, you know, high growth, um, privately held organizations operate in a very, very
0: unique way. And,
1: and, 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 and that's, that's the challenge for people who come to places
0: like ours. What, what leadership skill are you working on?
1: Uh, empathy. Um, not, not real good at it. Um, I, I think, you know, that's, that's something I can always do better and be a little more thoughtful about how others are engaged in the world and, and the, and the pressures that they have outside of, of the workspace. And, and all of the sort of human things that, that drive them wasn't born with the gene really strongly, but, uh, you know, uh, it it's, it, it's, it's something I need to continue to get better
0: at. What's your strategy of getting better at it, Russell?
1: Um, slowing down a little bit, you know, uh, and just giving, uh, giving yourself a moment to think through it, you know, and, 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 and at the same time, you know, if you just kind of have one of your standard flippant remarks or attitudes or whatever it may be that you have taking a moment and going and saying, you know, I really, really cocked up that conversation. I I really screwed up. I, I, I didn't mean to be that quick in my answer. What I really meant was this. So please accept my apology or Mm not. You know, I try to do that. Who
0: has been the most inspiring person in your life?
1: God, you know, i got a couple people, you know, my, my, my dad, I tell you is probably the, the person, um, just, because he just even even now continues to push um you know uh in and in, in, in a different way but uh but continues to sort of push and champion um I've learned a lot i have i have two kids um i have a I have a big one i've have, I have a twenty five year old and I have a seven year old uh so I got a a great spread and and they're two really 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 different guys my older one is super chill and So brave for not really letting the world get under his skin, and and my my younger one is my nemesis and was put here to drive me absolutely effing crazy, and I I just enjoy every minute of him every day, and you know and then uh, you know and then candidly my wife who went into another world and 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 changed some tax law because she got was a victim of 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 early stage dot com success so there's you know there's a lot of family that I, I really get excited about and, and, and what they do in, in, their, in their day-to-day.
0: What's your dad think of my mochi? Thinks shit
1: shithouse crazy. Loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it. Keeps it stocked in the fridge. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, he and I are doing some work right now with uh, Arts High in, uh, in, in New York. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but we're, doing a, we're working with them on a curriculum and we're doing, a, we're doing a, um, something called brand practice. And we're bringing in some examples of work that we've done for these kids in the sophomore year and in a variety of things. And one of those is My mochi, and a couple of other things that we've all worked on. And it's a big, interesting, fun packaging project uh, that we're really excited to kick off with them. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun.
0: So who's been your most influential business mentor? Is it your dad or someone else?
1: No, you know, I would say that I learned a lot that, you know, I learned a lot from, from Anthony Von Mandel over at Mike's. I really learned quite a bit from him. Uh, I learned a lot from Eve Potvin. Um, I learned a lot from Keith Belling. All three of those guys probably are, are the folks that I learned the most from. Um, I've had a couple of agency partners throughout the year that just have really stretched thinking. And, 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 I, and I just, you know, I'm so grateful for them. I, I had a guy take me to an exhibition on fun and play in, in London to get us sort of prepped for a, a sort of strategy and brainstorming session. So I think that was was you know those kinds of things really you know happen and you know I've I've had other you know folks that have just helped synthesize crazy ideas of celebrating individuality and and so yeah you know I've got a good group of people that I that I've learned from
0: absolutely okay for 2022 what are you looking forward to uh, personally and on the business
1: Uh, personally uh, let's get out of COVID you know Mm. I I think I think everybody is just is, is 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 tired. Um, and I'm not a believer in everyone's going to get it, and so just get over it. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little more thoughtful than that, I think. Um, but but I think I'm hoping that we all collectively have a bit of uh, responsibility and 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 do more right than not. Um, and and we can sort of return back to some lives where you can really spend time with people and meaningful time with people in close proximity and and connect with a little more human touch than you can do right now. I think touch is uh, is tremendously missed uh and and the business goal for us in 2022 is covid was good was was good for us you know home snacking was great for us and and for us it's just making sure that we can continue on with that trajectory of the business and 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 bring more joy and play to people and that's it
0: that's a pretty good purpose pretty good reason to get out of bed in the morning and jump into work it is it is russell thank you for this wonderful dialogue very inspiring very fun and 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 full of of just wonderful learning. So congratulations on all this. And thank you for being so generous today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for the time. I really enjoyed this.
0: That was my conversation with Russell Barnett. Three takeaways from this one for your business brand and life. First one is don't make new things so complicated. I loved Russell's one step change principle. He feels that when you're introducing something new, it should only be one step change around from a highly accepted consumer behavior. So why was Pop Chips really successful? Because it was a potato chip, but a bit crunchier, a bit healthier. Don't make new things complicated. Think about the one step change principle in your business. Second takeaway, there's nothing more important than your reputation and the trust that people have in you. Russell's first job was at Mike's Hard Lemonade, which launched his career of creating categories. And that came from someone who, had met him, had worked with him, had trusted him. Certainly in my life, what's carried me through is my reputation because I try to do the right thing and I value the people that I work with at all levels and all jobs. Third takeaway, bravery and trust. When I asked Russell about the most important skills in business, he quickly went to bravery and trust. When I asked him how to teach bravery, he said, you simply have to give people permission to fail.